What's better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. You're listening to an audio teaching from Cross Connection Church Houston. We're a small church located in Pasadena, Texas, and it is our mission to save the lost, equip the saved, serve both the lost and saved, and to send the equipped. To this end, we teach through the Bible on a verse-by-verse basis, starting at the beginning of a book and working until the end. If you would like to learn more about our church, you can find us at connectedtojesus.org or check us out on Facebook at Cross Connection Church Houston. We pray that this teaching would grow you in the grace and love of Jesus Christ our Lord. This morning I'm going to be sharing three very important things about our church. Uh, first, I'm going to be sharing with you the mission uh, and the vision of our church. And then second, I'm going to be sharing with you some new leadership uh, that we're going to be having uh, within our church. Three men in our church have a, accepted a, a deacon role to help fulfill our mission, to help fulfill the, the vision of our church. And they're going to be sharing a little bit with you today. And then third, I'm going to be sharing with you how you can be a part of helping fulfill the vision, helping to fulfill the mission of our church, because, you know, it's important all of us understand the mission, all of us understand the vision, because ultimately for it to actually be fulfilled, it it takes all of us. You know, oftentimes there's this mindset of, well, you know, if just the leadership does it, then it'll happen. But the reality is the only way the mission, the vision, what we're seeking to accomplish is ever going to take place is if all of us come together, all of us use the gifts that God has given to us, and then we come and we do those things for his glory together to accomplish the mission that he's given us. And so uh, I just want to start with sharing you know, the mission statement of our church. If uh, you're newer, you might not be aware of it, but our mission is to live an authentic life in connection with God, one another, and the world through Jesus. Now, the reason that we've chosen this mission statement is because it's really at the heart of what the Word of God tells us, at the heart of the most important relationships that we have, the relationship with God, the relationship with one another, and our relationship to reach the world with Jesus, but the notice that the connection with all of them is through Jesus because the Bible makes it really clear the only way that you and I can have a connection with God, the only way that you and I can have a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. And that's why part of our mission statement is connection with God through Jesus. You see, God made Adam and Eve and and he made them sinless, but you know what? They sinned. And that sin separated them from that connection with God, from that relationship with God. And because God is perfect and he is holy, he cannot allow sin in his presence. And so that separation transpired and that connection with God was no longer there. But since God loves us so much and desires that connection with us, desires that relationship with us, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. He rose from the dead to conquer sin and death. He paid the penalty of our sins so that we can be forgiven and so that we could have that connection with God once again, that we could have that relationship with God once again. And the Bible tells us if we will believe in who Jesus is, that he is God, believe in what he has done, that he died on the cross for us, that he rose from the dead to conquer sin and death, that you and I will have that relationship with God. We will have that connection that was lost in the garden restored to us. But the only way that will happen is through Jesus. And this is why that first part of our mission is connection with God through 
Jesus. But it's not just the connection with God that Jesus does for us. He also connects us with one another, connects us with other believers. You know, the Bible tells us once we accept Jesus, something amazing happens that God adopts us into his family. And that means that you and I become brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, we have this wonderful relationship that we never have. And we have the most important thing in common because, you know, we might have all sorts of things not in common, but then we have Jesus in common. We have God in common. We're both children of him. And now the Bible says, you know what? There's no longer any divisions within those who believe in Jesus, whether there's a division of, of race or uh, economic status, or whatever it is, that there is a unity and an equality, a oneness that comes with that relationship in Jesus. And so we have a connection with God through Jesus. We have a connection with God, uh, with one another through Jesus. But the Bible also tells us as believers that we need to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That we need to go into all the world and tell people the good news of what Jesus has done for them. To try to connect the lost world with Jesus and the message of the cross and what he's done. And that's why part of our mission statement is connection with the world through Jesus. Because we're called to do that. We're called to connect this world to the message of the cross, to the message of who Jesus is and what he has done for them. So the mission statement sums up kind of these biblical truths that Jesus connects us with God, he connects us with one another, and he is the ultimate thing that we are trying to connect the world with. And our mission statement is really what directed us to choose the name of our church, Cross Connection. You know, many of you know that, you know, my affiliation through most of my life has been with Calvary Chapel. I graduated from Calvary Chapel's Bible College. I planted Calvary Chapel churches. And so, you know, some have asked, you know, why didn't we call ourselves Calvary Chapel Pasadena? But, you know, when the Lord led us here, you know, our heart was, you know, we want a name that's more connected to the mission and vision of what we're doing as opposed to just the affiliation of what we're connected to. And so we chose the name Cross Connection because it's the cross of Jesus that connects us to God that connects us to one another, and it's the cross of Jesus that we are seeking to connect the lost world to. So hopefully the name of our church reminds you of the mission of our church to live an authentic life in connection with God, one another, and the world through Jesus. Now, whenever you have a mission statement, you need to have a vision of how are you going to put this into practice. It's nice to have that kind of mission statement, but how do we go about living that out? How do we go about implementing that in our church? And so we have a vision that goes with that, and it's a fourfold vision. First, save the lost. Second, equip the save. Third, serve the lost and the save. And fourth, send the equipped. Now, before we look into detail about this fourfold vision, you know, I want to share some uh, wonderful news of the fact that we have now added some new leadership to our church. Uh, because in order for this mission and this uh, vision to be implemented, you really need people who are helping lead the way, people who are helping serve and oversee things so that the different implementations of our vision can go and be done well. And up until now, the men that have been serving and helping lead our church uh, to fulfill the mission, to fulfill the vision, have been myself as the pastor, and then Colson and Lee and Ray uh, as our elders. Uh, and as leaders, we've been praying. We've been looking for more men who will be able to take on more service, more uh, responsibility of oversight and leadership in the church just to help us fulfill our mission and vision. And you know, there really was 10 specific qualities that we were looking for. 
as we were looking at, you know, we want to bring deacons onto our, our um, leadership team, and we're just looking for 10 specific qualities, and we are looking for these qualities because these are the qualities that the Bible says, hey, if you're looking for a deacon, these are the biblical qualities that they need to have. And I just want to read what those are in 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 13, so you can have an idea of what we've been looking for and what we feel we have found. Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. But let these also first be tested, then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. Likewise, let their wives be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husband of one wife, ruling their children in their own house as well. For those who have served well as deacons, obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. And so these verses give us 10 great character qualities. And notice it's not even anything about ability. Almost everything you see for you know, the qualities of leadership from pastors, elders, deacons, it's almost all character because that's what God's wanting. He wants men of character to lead his church. And we see these great qualities that we as leaders have been looking for. The first one is that the person must be reverent. Speaking of someone that is respectable. And the reason that they're respectable is because of the godly way in which they live their life. Second, they must not be double-tongued, meaning they shouldn't say one thing and mean another. This is a person whose, you know, words should be able to be trusted. You know, someone who when they speak, you know, they, they are speaking truth. Third, they must not be given to much wine, meaning they can't be a drunk. Fourth, they must not, must not be greedy for money, meaning that's not what should drive their lives. If their life is lived for money, then, then they've kind of disqualified themselves. But also an aspect of, you know what, in that role, you're going to have you know, uh, leadership and you need to be trusted with the money that people are giving to the church. Fifth, they must hold the mystery of the faith with a pure conscience. Meaning they need to believe the truths of the Bible, believe the truth of the gospel, but also have holding it in their life. So a, a demonstration of that being lived out. Six, they must be first tested and let them serve as deacons. And so before you put anybody into this leadership role that, you know, they would have time where they're already serving, where they're already faithfully serving in this, and that they've been tested. It's been clear that they meet these qualifications and then um, putting them into this role. And with the men that we have done that with, we believe that they have served faithfully uh, already. Seventh, they must be found blameless. Now, this Greek word translated blameless isn't talking about being sinless or that no one would ever be in leadership. It's speaking about spiritual maturity. And so that the person who's in this role needs to be someone who's spiritually mature. Eight, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, and faithful in all things. And so the wives of deacons must be godly women. Uh, and it, for the, the man to take on that role, he needs a godly woman by his side. Ninth, they must be the husband of one wife. Uh, this is speaking of being a one-woman man being completely devoted to their wife. And tenth, they must rule their children in their own houses well. So they got to be godly husbands and godly fathers in order to take on this role. And so those were the ten qualities that as leaders we were praying and we were looking at men and, and wanting to see men take on leadership roles. Those were the things that we were looking for and we believe that we have found three godly men uh, that meet those qualities, uh, that have been faithfully serving in our church. Uh, and as leaders we've brought them together, we've asked them to pray about taking on this role of deacon. Uh, and as they prayed about that and talked to their wives about that, not only them but their wives agreed uh, for them to take on this role. And these 
three men are Mike Weldon, uh, Derek Stout, uh, and Jaime Lacon, uh, and we are definitely super excited to have them, uh, super blessed to have them take on this leadership role, uh, and we're just going to be uh, encouraged by all the Lord does through them. Uh, and so, as I share the vision of our church and we get to areas that they're going to be leading and overseeing, I'm going to have them come up at that point in time, just share a little bit with you guys. You can connect with them. You can kind of see what the Lord's going to be uh, doing with them, how they're going to be leading in our church. Uh, and then when I'm finished with this sermon, we're going to have them and their wives come up and we're going to pray for them uh, because it's a take on this new role. Uh, we recognize that we just need to pray as a body for them, uh, for their families, for their marriages, uh, and that the Lord would really just use and bless them in that. And so so uh, now that we know that there are three new deacons who are going to help fulfill the vision of our church, let's kind of look at this vision in a little more detail. The first part of our vision is to save the lost. And we could list all sorts of scriptures that would back that up. But here's just one. In Mark 16, 15, Jesus says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is a command of Jesus to everyone. It's not just, you know, you pastors go into all the world or, or you leaders or deacons or elders. No, everyone who follows me, believes in me, you need to be going and preaching the gospel. And this is something that we take very seriously. This is not the great suggestion, but the great commission. This is a command by Jesus that he wants us to be fulfilling. And as a church, we want to impact our community with the gospel. We want to see people go from darkness to light. Now, if any of you know Jaime Lecon, you know that he has a passion for the gospel. You know that he is someone who's been on many mission trips, loves sharing the gospel with people. If you've ever been with him when he's sharing, you recognize that he's gifted in that. And so as we were praying about different roles that we would want these deacons to take on board, one of those roles was we needed someone to really oversee outreach. And, and all of us agreed, you know, Jaime would be the perfect person, has a great passion for the gospel, is great at helping others learn how to share the gospel. And so he's going to be overseeing our church's outreaches moving forward. He'll be organized outreaches. He'll be helping train people uh, just to share the gospel more effectively. Uh, and so I just want to have him come up right now uh, and just to share a little bit with you guys uh, just kind of about that and his heart for that. Well, hi. Good morning. It's so glad to see all of you guys here today. I just want to spend just a few minutes talking because I know uh, Mike is going to spend 25 minutes talking and I want to make sure to give him plenty of room. Uh, I want to tell you a quick story and a couple Bible verses real quick quick story. When I was like six years old, I went with my mom to Kmart. And I uh, loved Kmart because there was a toy section. You could get lost and you could look and you could spend time. And uh, it's good when you're there. And at some point, you might get separated from your mom. And you may not even realize you're separated from your mom. And when you don't know that you're lost, there's no worries and no problems. But the moment you look around, and you don't see your mom anymore and you're six, you're filled with this terror and dread. I was lost before I knew my mom wasn't around. I was just ignorant of my lost state. And the terror and dread I had when I realized my mom wasn't around was something that I only had when I realized something is, is out of balance. And listen, spiritually, people are lost as well. And some people have not realized, like I was in Kmart, that their father is not close to them. And some people don't even realize. It might take uh, someone to say, hey, uh, little boy, are you lost? Do you know where your mom is? And when you hear that, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know where my mom is. 
please help me. And in the same way, spiritually, people in this world, they're lost. They don't realize that they have a father who made them for a relationship with him. They don't realize that there is a father who has sent his only son, Jesus, on a rescue mission to live in a connected life with him. And so listen, all of us in this room, any of us who've trusted in Jesus Christ, we've been given a mission to go and reach the lost. Because I'm going to tell you, there's many people who are living every day, they're going to work, they're in marriages, they're in families, they're on social media, and they don't realize that they are lost. You know, the Bible says in the book of Romans, I I love what the Bible says. It says in, uh, in Romans chapter 10, it says, In verse 14, how will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? And so listen, for all of us in this room, we are called with a mission and a purpose. If you've trusted Jesus Christ, God wants to use you formally, meaning like we might take mission trips as a church. We have in the past. We will in the future. That would be like a formal mission trip. But informally, we have friendships and we have families. We have coworkers. We have acquaintances. We have neighbors. And these are all people. How will they hear unless they have a preacher? And so that's the role that I would hope to try to come in to try to encourage you as a body that if you look around the world, the world is a world that is hurting. The world is kind of falling apart more and more and more. And that's actually what Jesus said would happen in the end days. And so we can either apply human bandages, band-aids, or we can have a Christ-centered solution. And I'm going to tell you that preaching the gospel, that's the solution to racism and division and divorce and addiction and everything in between. And so I just want to encourage you, The Bible has said that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Matthew shared the verse. It's actually a command for us to preach the gospel. So if we have been commanded and we have been empowered, I'm interested in partnering with all of you in this room who are Christians to come and preach the gospel. Let's go do that on mission trips. Let's go do that with our neighbors. Let's do that with our friends and our family. And maybe someone here today you also don't know that you have been lost. There's going to be a great opportunity for you to make a decision today to trust Christ. So I love you all. I look forward to serving with and for you, and I'm looking forward to what the other guys have to say. Thanks. So Jaime would definitely be organizing uh, just outreaches within our community, uh, and but I want you to recognize that that's not the only time. We, we want you to join. We want you to be a part of that. We would love for you, you know, to to give your time to that. But don't think that's the only time you should evangelize. When you know when the church organizes an evangelism outreach, I'll be there. But realize you got so many opportunities within family and friends and neighbors and coworkers uh, that we want you to engage those people and just look for those open doors to share the gospel with them uh, and, you know, practice evangelism as a regular lifestyle, not just as a time that you do it when there's an event of evangelism at the church. So the first part of our vision is to save the lost. The second part of our vision is to equip the saved. 
So, so once someone goes from that place of being lost to saved, you know, we want to equip them. We want to help them grow in their relationship with God. We want to help them become you know, mature believers in Jesus Christ. And two of the most effective equipping tools that we've been given by God are the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And here at Cross Connection, we rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit to equip us, and we look to the Word of God for, you know, the wisdom of what we should be doing, of how we should be living. It is the equipping tool that we look to the most. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so we believe that the Bible is holy and perfectly inspired by God and is profitable for us in every way. And so that's why we put a huge emphasis in our church services and our time when we get together on the teaching of the Word of God. Because we believe all Scripture is inspired, we believe all of it is profitable, and that it's going to help us be equipped for living for Jesus Christ. And that's why we love to go verse by verse, chapter by chapter through books of the Bible, because we actually believe all of it's inspired, all of it's important. And hopefully one day we'll get through all 66 books of the Bible together. So every ministry that we have really exists to help equip you in your relationship with God, equip you in your maturity with the Lord. And that's kind of how Sunday morning services are designed. They're designed to equip the whole family. And we start, as we just did before this, with just a time of worship. You know, and worship's a huge part of the equipping process. You know, sometimes maybe we don't uh, connect that. It's like, well, I'm equipped by the Word, but worship is so important. It's a, you know, God is the one worthy of it. The Word of God has so much to say about the value of it, the importance of it. But you know what? It's also a great thing to help prepare you and me for receiving from the Word of God. You know, and that's why I encourage you, come, you know, be here for that time of worship and allow that time to really just prepare your heart spiritually for the word and what God wants to share with you. Now, Colson and the worship team, they do a great job in leading us in worship every week. And that's one of Colson's main uh, leadership roles here in our church is to not only lead in worship, but to raise up people to be a part of helping lead in worship. And I just wanted him to come up and share a little bit with you guys about worship and, and maybe some opportunities uh, for some of you who aren't a part that maybe would like to be uh, in that great ministry. So, Colson, come on up. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, glad to see you all. So worship, I mean, real simply, it's not just music. It's not just singing. Um, I don't know if you know that, but worship means to actually bow before. And so that should be something that is actually a lifestyle. And so as it pertains to music, what we do up here, my goal, our, our heart is that it would just be a time of equipping you and giving you the opportunity to um, fully worship, to fully praise and to sing in a way that you've hopefully been living all week long. You know, it wouldn't just be a one-day thing. And so our personal aim, my personal aim, is just to make a distractionless environment that we can all come together and, and worship the Lord. It shouldn't be um, necessarily a concert or that we're just singing up here and you're watching. But the whole purpose of having music here is that we could all come together and that you would be actually the worship team, that everyone here in the room would be uh, effectively worshiping the Lord. And I want to just read a couple of verses First would be Colossians 3, 16 and 17. And I don't have them up here, so sorry. It says, let the word of Christ dwell 
in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So just this verse, the word should be dwelling in each of us richly, right? And we should be singing one to another, but also one to God in thankfulness. And everything we do is done in the name of Jesus. And so that's our heart. Um, when we pick songs, when we, um, well, yeah, we'll go with that. When we pick songs, our, my heart is that we would find songs that are worshipful to the Lord, that don't just talk about me or how I feel, but essentially lifting Jesus higher, what he's done. And a second verse I want to sing is Psalm 33, 1 through 3. And I think this kind of summarizes the qualification that I'm looking for. And I think that the Bible looks for in people who lead specifically, who are up here singing and leading. And that is sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the 10 stringed lyre. That's L-Y-R-E, it's an instrument. Sing to him a new song, play skillfully and shout for joy. So the, the, if you want to join this, um, the team up here, what we would ask is um, that you'd be upright, that you would be righteous. I think that's the first qualification, but also just as a believer, that you would be walking close in communion with God. And it says it's fitting for the upright to praise him. You know, it's something that just makes sense. So from the team's perspective, something that we ask is, is just great character, accountability. And um, in that last verse, it says, play skillfully and shout for joy. And I think that's kind of a dual thing. One is play skillfully, do it well. You know, don't be lazy in this, but also shout for joy. And that can be a shout that doesn't necessarily sound that great. Um, and so I just want to encourage you, if you feel like serving, if you feel like joining the musical side of things, um, we do ask that, you know, you're committed, that you're upright and righteous, and um, that you would be willing to learn it. And we um, actually invest a lot, I think, musically in whoever's up here. You know, we meet, we practice, and we give tips and suggestions, and we all encourage one another. So if that's something you feel called in, please talk to me. But even if not, if you just want to serve, um, I mean, you're sitting in seats, and those have to be brought in here on the weekend, so there's also room to serve and help set up. And so if you're interested in any of that, um, just let me know. And then finally, if there's songs that you personally are blessed by and want to sing, if you think that they would benefit the whole body, you know, you can bring those to us too. So we're really open. We're here just to help you exalt and worship the Lord. So any thoughts or suggestions are always welcome, but I'm going to turn it back to Matt. Thanks. I like that little awkward. I don't know if I'm supposed to clap or not right now, but you guys can if you want. So worship is definitely one of the things that helps us uh, just equip you in your relationship with God. And as I mentioned, you know, studying the Bible is one of those things that we really emphasize and we recognize. It's so important for our maturity in the Lord, but we realize it's not just for adults that that's important. It's also for kids as well. Uh, and we take the spiritual education and the growth of our kids in our church uh, very seriously, and we want to provide uh, something for them. That's why we have a Sunday school service. Well, right now we have the kids in because of what's happened with COVID, but typically they're separated 
kid and they're being taught at their own level because we really want them to grow uh, as best as we can. And, you know, this was one of the areas that we were looking at as we were looking at deacons. You know, uh, my wife Jenny has been overseeing that and we wanted her to kind of be able to get more time with doing women's stuff and with the ladies. And we were looking for someone who could take over um, the leadership of the elementary kids or our older kids Sunday school and one of the men who have been faithfully teaching that class and serving with those kids and loving on those kids uh, is Derek uh, and as we just started praying you know the Lord just really said you know he's the the perfect person to take over this group he already has shown you know just a deep love for these kids and a great gifting uh, in teaching the word of God to them uh, and so uh, as we just prayed about that we said you know what we're going to offer that to Derek that's going to be one of the things we would love for him to lead in and you know just to really uh, oversee that and so not only teach but oversee and and help with other teachers and volunteers who want to be a part of that and so I'm gonna have Derek come on up uh, and just share a little bit with us about that hey um, so being a part of this the, I guess really what the Lord has been pressing on my heart is uh, is the idea of just being available and the reason I say that is kind of like the word perfect for this position is kind of an awkward word for me, but that's cool. It's because I'm far from the perfect, but why, why would it be perfect? It's because basically I have zero experience with working with kids. Zero. I'm raising a son, but that's it. I don't have a corporate environment that I'm not a school teacher. I don't, I have no experience, so it's perfect because I'm relying on God now. And, and that's really my vision. That's really what the Lord is pressing on my heart. It's the idea of, it's not about ability, but availability. And you just open yourself up, you allow yourself to be vulnerable, and you put yourself in a position that you're unfamiliar with, and you let the Lord take all the credit. And that's where I'm at. And as I was going through this, you know, I'm really pressing. They, they approached me and said, you know, would you like to take this over? And I take this very, very serious, just the, uh, the role of a deacon. I take serious the teaching of your children. You're putting your children in my care. I take it extremely serious. And I was approaching the Lord about it, and I was really pressing in on him and engaging with him and trying to get answers, like, should I do this? Should I be doing that what about this I had all these questions and I happen to be reading through and studying uh, Psalm 23 and everybody in here is probably very familiar with that that very famous uh, chapter and probably half of you in here if not more could probably recite it for me you know it but I'm going through this and I hit that line and it says he's like your cup runneth over and that has an, uh, as an idea of, you know, you're blessed, you're, right? I mean, that's really the main topic, the main idea of that verse is the blessings of the Lord are your cup, the more you're with him is overflowing. But I started to realize there's a B side to this. There's a flip side to that also. What it, there's another way of communicating that is saying that if you're going to serve me, if you're going to be ministering to others, you're not going to be using what's in the cup. You're going to be living not on the principle. You're going to be living on the interest, the things that are overflowing. So you, don't, you need for just to rely on me filling up your cup. And everything that's coming and out of that 
is your capacity to give to other people. Fortunately for me, I get to do it with children, which is amazing. I love it. So why am I saying this? It's all about just making myself available and not being a professional in this and just allowing the Lord to kind of take me into places that I'm, I'm unfamiliar with. And all I have to do is love Joel's children. That's it. And he gets all the glory. And I like being in that position because it takes a lot of pressure off me, right? <laughs> and I can just live on the interest, and your kids are going to be blessed. I mean, I've had such an amazing, we've, we've been doing this for about a year, teaching in the elementary. I have, you know, ask my wife. I mean, I go home, I'm just on cloud, and I can't believe the way the kids are receiving, the things they're learning. I love it. It's, it is one of the most awesome blessings that there could possibly be and I for years I was like I will never do that you know we'd be going to church we'd take we had three kids two or older they're out of the house we'd take the kids take them to their appropriate class I'm, and they every once in a while they would be like uh do you want to serve in the church I'm like I'm dropping them off for a reason are you kidding me <laughs> I mean the looks and this is serious I'm not making this up it's kind of the the look you get from from these teachers, they're like, you're a parent? Oh, goodness. But every once in a while, they would ask me, and I'd say the same thing every, every time. Like, I'm dropping off for a reason. But, and I, in my mind, I thought that, that, you know, children's ministry is the furthest thing from my mind. Look where we're at now. I mean, that's the way the Lord works, right? I got an opportunity to serve with Jenny, and, and it just blew my mind. I was like, Jenny, I'll do this every week. And we, we've been doing this for a while, and you know, I've been teaching the kids. We even went through the 70 weeks in Daniel. I taught the kids the 70 weeks of Daniel, and I don't know if they remember it or anything like that. They probably don't. But at the very end, it wasn't like Bible knowledge. It wasn't like they got it, and most adults don't even understand Daniel. At the very end, I was like, what's the point of all this? And a couple of the kids just out of the blue, they said, now I have proof of the Bible being the author of God. He authored this, and I was like, job done. And that's awesome. That's so amazing to be able to do that, for a child to say, that's a proof text of the authority of God's word. And, and so all that to say this, I'm totally humbled by this, this opportunity, and I look forward to serving your kids. With all the pressure off of me, I have a thousand ideas going through my head about what we want to do, what we can do, and stuff like that. So if you guys, if anybody in here that's not serving and you want to serve, let me know. Come and grab me, ask questions, I'll answer whatever. we got a lot of things like coming up that we've been discussing, ideas, things are going to change. And I'm looking forward to it. It, it seems really cool. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait till we can get to a point where we can, I can hang out with your kids again and, and just take them to the Bible. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that, and that's it. So thank you, Matt. That clapping definitely felt more natural. Good job, guys. <laughs>
Well, with everything that's been going on with COVID-19, we didn't have service in person for a little bit. Now, in the last few weeks, we've been able to gather together. But, you know, we haven't put, you know, time into opening it up for kids because we couldn't um, social distance them. But next week, we are going to start providing children's ministry for the young preschool kids. Uh, and so if you have kids in that age range, and if you're listening online and you haven't been coming because you have kids in that age range, um, you know, we want to say that that is open for you. We're not going to be able to socially distance them. Uh, we're going to do our best to keep things clean and everything. So... If you're okay with putting your kids with that, uh, next week we are going to open that up for the younger kids. The older kids are going to stay in the service for a little bit longer, um, but that's kind of the next stage uh, in the process of opening things up. And so hopefully that will be uh, a blessing to uh, some of you parents, especially who haven't been able to be coming uh, because of having little kids. So um, another way we want to just kind of help equip you. You know, we have women's ministry, we have men's ministry, and, you know, this is just a great opportunity if you're a woman or man just to come and be a part of this. Um, you know, it's it's more than just getting a great Bible study and some time of worship and stuff, you know, which you get encouraged and you get to kind of have teachings that are directed towards, you know, there's things that we deal with as men and women that are different, and it's good to have that, but, you know, the fellowship of it is one of the things I think is the, the most important, and, um, you know, so I really encourage you, if you haven't been able to be a part of that the first Tuesday of the month, the ladies get together, the third Tuesday, uh, the men get together, and it's just a great time to come uh, and just be encouraged, be equipped, uh, and just get to know other men and women and build those relationships with them. And uh, But, you know, just all the services that we do, you know, the ultimate goal, the ultimate desire is just to help equip you in that. And so the first part of our vision is to save the lost. The second part of our vision is to equip the save. And the third part of our vision is to serve the lost and the saved. You know, Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 20, 26 through 28, whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give him his life a ransom for many. You know, in our world, serving others is not really looked upon as great. But in the eyes of God, serving others is definitely great. That's what he says, you know, in my kingdom, in the way that I see things, you want to be great, be a servant. Here, oh, you want to be great, be the master. God says, no, 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 it's opposite in the way in which I do it. I want you to serve others. And Jesus not only instructed us to serve, he's the perfect example of serving. And he served in the greatest and deepest way possible. He was willing to give his life as a ransom for many. He laid down his life in service for the world. And so a crucial part of our church vision is to serve the lost and to serve the saved. And as our leadership was praying about areas that we need deacons to oversee, you know, we thought of practical areas of service because there's so many practical areas of service within churches. And one of the big practical areas for us is just, you know, all this stuff that you see right now, we got to set it up. This room is actually full of all sorts of other stuff, and we got to move that out and set everything up, and we don't have our own place. And so, you know, the setup and teardown is a big process. Many of you have come uh, and done that, you know, Saturday night and, and been a part of that and seen all that goes into it. Many of you help tear down after the service, but, um, you know, you recognize it's a lot of work. And one of the men who's been helping with serving in all sorts of different ways, but especially in the, the setup and the, the teardown, who's been just an amazing servant is Mike. Uh, and as, you know, the leadership was praying about, you know, who would be a great guy to oversee, you know, this aspect of ministry? You know, first person that came to our mind of someone, you know, when we ask, hey, we got a need, 
Mike's always one of the first persons uh, to come and say, hey, I'm willing to serve however you need me. Uh, he also faithfully uh, helps with running the audio and visual, and so all the slides, all the Facebook, uh, YouTube, everything that goes up. If you go and listen to the podcast, you know, he's taking care of those things. Uh, and so, you know, he's just been doing a great job of serving with, with all these guys as we noted, hey, you know what, we want to see them tested, and they've been tested. You know, they've been tried and shown that, you know, they just love to serve the Lord, uh, and they're men who are here to serve you. And so I just want to have Mike come up and share a little bit with us. Uh, and so, Mike, come on up. Well, good morning, y'all. Can you, can you hear me all right? My voice is kind of weak. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm like Matthew mentioned, I'm overseeing kind of the, the setup of the church and the technology portion of it. And um, I'm super excited about this opportunity to be able to serve and, and what, what God has given me. Um, so I just want to give a little story of how I got to this point, and hopefully it's encouragement to you all, and um, will help just give you a, a little push to serve. So it's my, my, one of my favorite verses is James 1.22. But be doers of the word, not just hearers, deceiving yourself. And so, you know, I, I read that, and, um, you know, I looked at my life, and I was just kind of just going through the motion, you know, going to work. I got my family and my dog that you all know I just, <laughs> is pretty special. But, you know, I have all this stuff, but I was just going through the motion, going to church and Bible studies and not really making an impact to the world. And, um, and, and I thought... You know, this is me. I, I need to step up, and I like doing stuff. So when I read this about being a, a doer and not just a hearer, I thought, man, this is me. I need to get out, and I need to do something. And so, you know, I was at work, and I grew up listening to rock. And so I was listening to this Christian group, Skillet, and they have this song called Sick of It. And when you when you watch the video and you listen to the lyrics, it's it you see these people they're just going through life they're going through motions and they're going to work and they're doing this stuff and not having any impact at all to, to anything really and it's like man that's me i am i'm sick of it I'm, I'm just going through this routine every day work you know just all this stuff and not doing anything so i started praying all right god use me use me however you want i i'm open i may not like it i may resist it but i'm gonna do it and um and so I'm, I was sitting in bed one night, and um, it came to me, start a Bible study at work. And that's, you know, that was God speaking, because I definitely wouldn't have stepped out and done that. And so I, I, I reached out to a few people at work that um, I knew listened to Christian music, and uh, they were all for it. And uh, that was over two years ago, and we're up to 22 people now at work that we meet before COVID, that we meet weekly for a Bible study. And it's like, you know, praise God. It's like, and through that, one person accepted Christ. And it's like, you know, in and of itself, that, you know, that, that was worth it. And so about a year into it, I started praying some more. Okay, God, what else? What's next? What's next? Right? And it was after a midweek study, Matthew came to me and said, you know, we'd, with the men's retreat coming up, we would like you to either lead a small group or teach. And I thought about it, and I said, well, let me go home and pray about it, and I'll let you know. And I got home, and it's like, wait a minute. This is what I've been praying about. And, you know, Matthew coming to me, that's my answer. So I called him up, and I said, sure. You know, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. 
thinking in the back of my mind, please, no teaching, no teaching. And he's like, so what do you want to do? It's like, you know, I'll do whatever. And he said, of course, teach. (laughs) So it was the first time I taught. And standing up in front of a group, teaching, talking, that's like my biggest fear. And putting the study together and then speaking in front of the men, the only way that could happen is with God. And just to see him working through my life and the things he keeps adding to me, not, not material stuff, but the responsibilities and, and where he puts me is, is super cool. And um, a girl from the Bible study, she ran into a homeless lady near our work, and now we're starting to meet homeless people every other Saturday and talking to them. So it's just really cool to see how it, how it progresses. And in Luke 16, 10, Jesus says about, um, you know, that you need to be faithful with the little before you can be faithful with much or that you'll be faithful with much. And, um, you know, he needs to see that we're going to be faithful with the small things he gives us before he moves us into bigger things. And um, so, so with that, you know, if you're all looking for a place to serve, do something, you know, step out on faith and just let him guide you and, and just you're, you're going to really like where he leads you. And so if you're interested in any of this, just come up and speak with us after the service, and uh, we'll give you more detail about any of these ministries. So there's definitely lots of opportunities. These are some that we've shared with children's ministry and worship ministry, men's and women's ministry, um, you know, setting up, tearing down. There's also hospitality when people get sick and it's hard for them to cook. You know, we love to try to provide meals and, and help with that way. Uh, greeting, that's something else that Derek has overseen. And you know, it's nice to have you know, a friendly face there at the front when you come in. And so if you want to get involved, as Mike said, come and talk with us. We'll connect you with who's leading that. Uh, we just want you guys to be serving the Lord in the way in which he's gifted you. Um, and as leaders, we want you to realize, hey, we're here to serve you. You know, that, that's our big heart. We're, we're here. We want to serve you. And one of the, just a practical way in which we want to just be uh, of service to you and just be more available to you uh, and something that we're going to start implementing uh, really clearly this morning is that uh, right when the Sunday service finishes, so all the leaders, so that's including now uh, Derek and Mike and Jaime, myself, Lee, Ray, Colson, uh, we just want to make ourselves available. You know, we have a lot of stuff that we kind of have to tear down, but, you know, we just want to wait. We don't want to stack any chairs. We don't want to, you know, do anything. We're going to give at least 15 minutes to just all of our leaders just being available to you, to pray with you, to talk with you, to encourage you. Uh, And so we just want to encourage you, you know, if you have prayer needs, you have things going on in your life that you would like us to just come and and lift you up in prayer. You know, James 5.14 tells us, if anyone is among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And so we want to encourage you to do that. Come to us. We want to pray for you. You just need some encouragement. You need someone to talk to. Uh, we want to make ourselves available to you in that. And so please take advantage of that today and next week and just every week following that. Um, so another thing I want us to note here is that, you know, Jesus didn't just serve those who loved him. He didn't just serve the disciples. He also served those who hated him. 
those who ultimately crucified him. And so our, our vision isn't just to serve other believers, it's also to serve those who are lost, serve those in the community that don't know Jesus. And so, you know, we found that one of the best ways to open the door for the gospel is to be serving people when expecting nothing in return. And they just kind of ask, you know, you know, why do you come to my house and do some practical thing like mow my lawn or clean or, or put something on for my kids for free or, or go to the park and give us free food or whatever it is, you know, there's this, this like, People don't give stuff for free. Well, you know, what's the angle here? And then we know it is for free. And we do this because we've been given this free gift of salvation. We can transition so quickly right into the gospel and why we're motivated to serve people in our community. And so if you know a practical service needs uh, within the community, you know, hey, this would be really a blessing for this person or, or this group or whatever, come let us know because as a church, we want to be able to have that uh, impact on our community in that way. And so first part of our vision is save the lost, second, equip the save, third, serve the lost and save, and the fourth and final part of our vision is to send the equipped. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says this, Jesus speaking, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, this is something that, that we take very seriously of going into all the world to impact them with the gospel. You know, essential part of our vision is to send the equipped. You know, when people get saved, we want to equip them. But then we want to take those equipped people and we want to send them out into our community here. We want to send them out into the, the cities and the towns beyond here. We want to send them out to other states. And we want to send them out to other countries to impact people for Jesus Christ. You know, we value sending capacity over seating capacity. You know, we want to see the Lord work in our church and make the kingdom of God a much bigger place because of it. Uh, and so we just have a heart to reach beyond Pasadena, to send people out, to support people who are doing other things. You know, one of the things that we've been doing, uh, we try to do every year, is to give an opportunity uh, for the church to go on a mission trip. We've been to Uganda, we've been to Kenya, uh, and it's just been a super big blessing to see that literally thousands of people have heard the gospel and come to know Jesus Christ. Churches have been planted. Churches have been uh, um, just blessed and encouraged. Why? Because as a church, we were faithful to just go and say, we're going to go minister beyond our city, beyond our country to another place. And we just saw God do an amazing work in a country that is so open to the gospel. And so um, that's why when missionaries come, we let them come and share. You know, because we have a heart to hear what's going on, a heart to pray for them, a heart to support them. Uh, that's why we do these things, because this is part of the vision of sending the equipped. Uh, and so our mission is to live an authentic life in connection with God, one another, and the world through Jesus. And we're going to fulfill that mission with our fourfold vision to save the lost, equip the saved, serve the lost and saved, and send the equipped. You know, it's my hope that, you know, this is something that excites you. It's something that you say, you know, I can get behind that. Because the bottom line is, if you don't get behind it, it all it is is a nice vision or a nice mission statement that's never going to be fulfilled. Because we need you to give of your time, give of your treasures, give of your talents, in order for this to actually come to fruition. 
You know, this is the reality where God has designed us, where he's given us different giftings. And we have to say, you know what, I'm going to give of my time and the gifting that God has given me. I'm going to use it for his glory in the church setting here. And I'm going to serve the Lord. And this is something that we need for you to do. And many of you, you're already doing that. You give lots of your time and your giftings and, and we're blessed by that. Uh, and we just want to encourage you, you know, if that's not something you're doing right now, hey, this is something that God has called all believers to do. So I want to encourage you, don't just sit back and say, it's nice to be ministered to, but also recognize, hey, I should come to also be ministering to other people and, and find a way that you can serve in our church. And, you know, God has definitely given you a gift, a talent. He wants you to use it. Uh, and so we encourage you to do that. Uh, but we also need, you know, of you to give of your treasures because guess what? The vision, the mission, it costs money. You know, that's just a practical reality of, you know, the operation of a church and what goes into it and what we want to see happen. You know, those of you who've been on mission trips, yeah, that costs thousands of dollars to get there. But the, the end result of what God does is just a wonderful thing. And so, you know, the Bible makes clear that every believer should be giving, you know, giving a portion of their money, you know, to support the church that they're going to. And uh, we want to just encourage you, uh, if you're not doing that, that's just something that God says. You know, we rarely talk about, you know, giving your money here. But, you know, this is just one of those realities that I think is important. Know the need. We definitely have needs here. And a practical need, probably the biggest cost of any church, is the building itself and the, the costs associated with the building. Obviously, we don't have our own building. Uh, and that is something that we would like to see change. We would love to have our own facility, our own place that we can be using. Uh, it would open up just a, a lot of opportunities that we don't have now. Uh, we would love to have a physical presence within a community that is seen daily, that people know this is our building, this is where we are, uh, that we could do things throughout the week, that we could do outreaches, that we could do you know, vacation Bible schools in the summertime, that we could just have a place where people can come, where we can do more ministry uh, and just get you know, a greater impact in the community because of it. Um, and you know, we've been trying, many of you know, for a while now to, to get our own facility. And there's really kind of two main issues that are, are stopping that. Uh, the first one is the obvious one. It costs a lot more than being here. The Lord's blessed us here. You know, we have a great deal. Uh, we, we pay very little for, you know, having the uh, wonderful use of this place. Uh, so it's a lot more money to get our own place. And so that's one of the battles. Uh, and so if that's something that you guys want to see is us being able to have our own facility, you know, we would encourage you, hey, that's going to take all of us, you know, investing financially in that. But the other side of it is, it's hard to find a place, unless you buy a church building, uh, you know, to lease a place that's a retail or industrial or office that meets the needs of a church because they're not designed for that. Uh, for example, you know, we're looking for a place that's going to have enough, you know, seating that we could grow a little bit. But a lot of places don't have one big room uh, because, you know, offices or other things are not designed with that. A lot of places don't have very many bathrooms. Some industrial places have zero bathrooms. And so obviously that's a big issue when you have a lot of people in a church. Uh, and then, you know, most of these places don't have another place where we could put a little playground area and having the daycare and the playground, that's a huge blessing. We want to have that. And then another one is parking. And so those are the four major ones, just seating, bathrooms, parking, playground that we have to have to get our own place. Uh, and it's actually not that easy to find all those in one place. And so I want to ask you guys as we're wanting to, as leaders, we've been praying and say, you know what, we feel it's time that we just really take a step of faith, 
to get our own facility. And so there's two things I want to ask of you is one, pray. Uh, we need a lot of prayer because it's hard to find the right place. We need the Lord to open up the doors and just have a place that can meet our needs, that we can transition from here to there. Uh, and then the next thing I really want to encourage you to do is give uh, because it's going to be necessary for us as a body to financially support this, to be able to move uh, and get this. And we just feel that this is something that is the next step that the Lord wants us to do. Uh, and so I just encourage you with that. And so... You know, God's given us this mission. He's given us this vision. He's raised up three more men to help fulfill the mission and the vision. And I just want to conclude this morning having all of our new deacons with their wives come on up. I'm also going to have Ray and Colson and myself. We're just going to lay hands on them. And I'm going to have, when everybody gets up here, Ray's just going to open us in prayer. I'm going to close us. And in the middle of that, I just want to give a time for you guys. If you want to pray, you know, we really just want to lift up, you know, our new deacons and their wives. Because you know what? Whenever you're serving in ministry, you know, there is a, the marriage is something that, you know, is so important. And we just want to pray for both. And so I just encourage anyone who wants to do that to lift them up in prayer. So why don't you all, uh, the deacons and their wives, come on up. Um, and we're going to pray for you. And so um, as the time after Ray prays is available, I encourage you guys just to take that time um, just to lift these people up in prayer.